is this on? installment of the flyover state sports show the only show where the state is more boring than the content i'm joined today by some cherry broccoli ricearoni and my two lovely co-hosts beans and turd how you guys doing today well i'm drinking water instead of liquor right now so if that doesn't tell you anything yeah i know i know It's the uh, Monday after spring break, so I'm on my third coffee at five o'clock in the afternoon. So, <laughs> fine. Spring break. I wish I still had spring break. Well, you know what really was this last weekend, guys? What really was this last weekend was March Madness, baby. There was tons of ground ball to be had. This was one of the funnest tournaments. I mean, it just had everything. Like, there was nothing that it was missing. You had drama. You have underdogs. You have big teams losing. You have ref uh, ref drama. I mean, every single thing you could want in an NCAA tournament, this uh, tournament has completely delivered in. It was beautiful. It was such a beautiful weekend of basketball. That first day was one of the better first days that I can remember personally. Now, the thing is, and I don't want anyone to get this confused, but – the NCAA tournament always delivers. The first two days are always good. It doesn't matter, really. But this was very good, especially since we had another 15 seed back-to-back somehow, some way, making the Sweet 16 with St. Peter's, who basically plays in a 4A Kansas high school gym. <laughs> Making it to the Sweet 16 by beating Kentucky and Murray State. They sent the whole damn state of Kentucky home crying. What do we think, guys? Okay. I I love the I love this the how St. Peter's plays basketball. Like they do it right. Okay. Whenever you watch it, like they do the floor spacing, they play defensive very aggressively, and it's it's a beautiful form of basketball. Uh, the only thing that I, the thing that cracks me up is like after they win their second game and it's like, you know, we're not just a flash in the pan, whatever. And their coach comes out and has the interview that started trending with like, you think that we're scared of these bigger, t- I don't know the exact quote. You yeah. think we're scared of these bigger teams. Like I have dudes that grew up on the street. I have dude. These guys have seen scared. It's like trying to feed your family. This is just basketball. And- I thought that that was a really powerful quote. And I mean, everybody should be able to uh, really like hit home with that besides like Wayne state university. That's like pissed off because they're tougher in downtown Detroit. But <laughs> well, I loved it how he was doing the interview and his hands were in his pocket. And even like the interviewer was like, Hey, you're just all cool, calm and stuff. And he's like, yeah, I mean, this is it's how we got to be. He was, he's such a cool coach. Like I, you probably would have never heard game. of him. You would have never heard of him if you, they would have never been in the tournament and won these past two games. But after you know that their enrollment has just shot up 300%. <laughs> wow. 
Well, shit, their enrollment's already super small. I don't know if you saw that TikTok about their campus, but about a street block or something like oh, that. Oh, yeah, it's it's so tiny. It's just, it's just an itty-bitty school in Jersey City. But I tell you what, I know Kenny Smith said something about this. Those those kids, those like from New Jersey and Pennsylvania and New York, like in the New York City and Philadelphia area, those kids are just tough as hell. Oh yeah. Like uh, they nothing rattles those kids and those are the type of kids, you know, when they get to hooping, they get to hooping. And I love their mascot. Nothing but a bunch of peacocks, man. Bunch of peacocks, baby. Now it sucks because I just picked the wrong cocks to uh this tournament. <laughs> oh, you, I like yeah, in on like, Longwood, and then this other cocks team just comes out of nowhere. Yeah, you gotta have more. It's gotta be more nuanced. Like Oral Roberts last year, great sex joke, but nuanced. Yeah, Gavin just bet on the wrong one. Yeah, wrong cocks. It's okay. Shit happens. But shout out to the Big 12 for uh, we got Iowa State, we got KU, Texas Tech, and if we want to consider Houston right now, uh, they'll be in the Big 12 next year. I mean, that's a pretty solid group considering how many was in the NCAA and almost TCU. Holy shit, that game was that game was gorgeous. Yeah, the Big 12 really showed out. Um, Iowa State's really the big surprise from all of them. Well, kind of two surprises. Baylor's a big surprise for not making. Yeah, and Iowa State a big surprise for making it i think they have about the right amount of schools in terms of who should have made it to this point mm-hmm. i wish yeah. they basically got to play fraudulent big 10 head ass wisconsin and wisconsin's kind of like purdue in the sense that they have an nba player on the team it's just their nba player is worse and the rest of their team is more fraudulent than purdue yeah and K- ku honestly hasn't even looked like like they've had to, they haven't been pressed in a game that they've played so far either. Uh, like Creighton, they, Creighton did, did their best to give it to them, but they did, did their best. But like you know, I never felt watching that game like KU was in actual trouble of losing this game. It the just only kind time of time they were in trouble was when they were up one and Creighton had the ball with a minute thirty left, and then Creighton just threw the ball away and folded like a yeah, yeah, yep. There. So, but. Yeah, it's a good group of teams. KU can, definitely are two teams that I think can make Final Four runs. I think KU can make a national championship run. I'm not completely sold on Tech making a national championship run just because. I, oh, boy. <laughs> that would be cool. I think we uh, have Tech. Don't we have Tech and – we have Tech and uh, – yeah, we have Tech and KU in our championship, so. Yeah, I know we do. I didn't – I don't – But after watching, Gonzaga, after watching Gonzaga play Memphis, I'm like, this team is – this team's pretty good. You cannot. I mean, I know, I know. Really good. That's why I didn't let you guys have them lose to Arkansas. I know what Cash Kansas is, was saying and everything, and I can understand what you. But after watching them play that Memphis game, that those guys are determined. Dog, speaking of Cash, he is so fucking pissed that Purdue beat Texas. So pissed. <laughs> <laughs> this is just an aside, but he's so mad he's taking St. Peter's this upcoming week. <laughs> so, what was your favorite game from this weekend? I had three, um, three games that I thought were like superior to all the other games. So the first one actually came from the first four. It was actually Notre Dame Rutgers. I thought that was the best game so far. That game was awesome from start to finish. And then the other two games that I liked that were in the tournament proper 
where Murray State and San Francisco, that overtime kicked ass. Oh, that was a great game. And then last night's uh, Arizona and TCU, that game also kicked ass. That had kind of everything oh. you wanted. Okay, I got to ask you. So I know it, the officiating, there's a lot of like, you know, there's officiating drama and all that stuff. And it's hard to say, oh, the official missed that call. But you have that foul, what looked to be a foul there. And then the guy was going in for a dunk and then not making it at the buzzer. And you all, everybody's all over Twitter. Just lay it in. Just lay it in. You know what's wild <laughs> about that play? That a lot of people that I didn't even think about myself until I saw a friend for sure talk about it on Twitter. Um, that's either a foul or he went backcourt and it should have been a dead ball in Arizona's ball right there. Oh shit. Was he still dribbling when that happened? It doesn't matter if he was still dribbling the ball. No, because he court. has to, ball well, no, he has to be, he has to have possession. The ball can no, cross he just has court. To touch it. Yeah. He was he, have I, possession, but he still would have touched it. Oh, so Arizona got fucked and TCU both got fucked on that play. I know. Uh, Obviously TCU more, more so. Um, Miles flopped really poor. I mean, Miles flopped like a bitch on that. If he would have just, if he would have just taken the contact, I bet you he would have gotten the call. But TCU looked, they looked motivated. That big guy down below, he was having a night. He that was that was his time to shine. Yeah. Um. What was his name? Lampkin. Lamp. Lampkin. Lampkin. Big old Eddie Lampkin. Yeah, yeah he was. The tournament produces some weird dudes who become weird folk heroes until you lose, then you're not a folk hero anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I remember Luke Hancock was the one for uh, Louisville. He hit like two threes against Wichita State in the final four. Yeah. To bring them yep. all the way back. So, Gavin, what was your favorite game? Uh, my favorite matchup, um, both from the – I had a lot riding on this game just mentally because uh, the Illinois-Houston game. So I know that it didn't end up being pretty very being very close, but obviously as like K State fans, we were interested in what was gonna happen with Brad Underwood. We're watching this game with that. And I was just pissed off at Illinois for how they spell Illinois as well. So <laughs> there was a lot of good things for uh, Illinois to lose that game. So I had a lot of joy watching them get kind of piss pounded down the stretch in that game. <laughs> um, what about my- you, Grange? Give me your fab. My my favorite game was uh man it was the Arizona TCU game that game just had it all from drama to you know great ball playing ability who's the guy from Arizona uh, Benedict Matherin oh my gosh that guy is a, yeah that dude took over he's a fucking dude he didn't even have a very good first half and then just seemed he Drew Timmy was the same way for Gonzaga that Memphis Gonzaga game was really well it was really good as well uh, Drew and Drew Timmy had the same thing you know first half little sluggish slow second half just all gas no breaks what's that took over that game oh yeah drew Drew timmy was unbelievable that second half i don't think i've seen someone take over a game quite like that in a while no kidding and for a big guy to do that that was Mm. uh so what's your what's your uh favorite matchup coming up well one thing i do want to shout out before i move to my favorite matchup shout out to that baylor unc game that game would have been way cooler baylor actually would have won that was a hell of an effort by Baylor to actually bring it back. Yes. 20, what, 25 down? I think so. They would have tied the record for biggest comeback in NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, let me look and see what we got. The, the one matchup I don't want to watch is Iowa State versus Miami. That's just a gross matchup. Neither <laughs> team really feels like they should be there. Well, I considering- don't care really for either team. 
Look, if you look at the past four with either team, if you look at the past two games for Iowa State, they've scored fifty nine and fifty four. That's not exactly a high scoring affair. So, like with Iowa State, Miami, like last year when you're watching a team like Oregon State, like Oregon State was fun to watch because they had to like win their conference tournament even get there. So it's kind of like that sicko like mentality where it's like, ha ha, look at this team that's like middle of the pack, like power of five. Just like ruining brackets, haha. But like, Iowa State like won one game in their conference tournament or whatever. Or did they? I don't even think they won a game in the conference tournament. They just got that. They I think they were got piss pounded by Texas Tech and yeah. just backed into a turn of appearance. Like that's yeah fun. Yeah, well, Oklahoma could have been in that spot, but um, for me, I'll give you a couple of matchups just because I love stealing everyone's thunder. It's going to be quite a few. So, every match, every matchup in the Sweet Sixteen. No, that's not true. Um, only, only the really prime cuts and meat. I'll say, Tech Duke. I think is probably the one I'm most in. Yes, it is. Yes, Tech and Duke. Because I think Tech definitely matches up with Duke. Duke is like uber talented. Tech is like that blue collar come with your lunch pail team, right? Yeah. Yep. And I mean, you know. Still, the Coach K retirement tour. There's going to be some sort of drama associated with it, possibly some ref ball too. Um, I'm going to shout out UCLA UNC because I like watching UCLA play, but that's not like an actual game. I'm like super into uh, Purdue St. Peter's because I'm a sicko and I want to see the 15 seed play. <laughs> Um, and then Michigan Villanova because Michigan loves to play really well in March, despite wherever they're seated, whether they're a one seed or in this case an eleven seed. And this is a rematch of the two thousand and eighteen national championship game. Oh, that's right. So I just think it'll be. I just think it's an interesting game. Nova should beat them pretty soundly, but you never know. Gavin, do you have any other ones? I mean, those are all the matchups. That I think Duke, Duke Tech game, I completely agreed with. Um, I think it is funny. Obviously, you have the St. Peter's game. That's just everybody's going to be watching. Uh, from a, like, what I expected coming in and where we are now, Providence versus Kansas just feels kind of funny. That uh, <laughs> like, Providence is so far down on the list of teams that I expected KU to be playing at this point. But uh, apparently here they are, so... Uh, that that's also just kind of interesting to me. That I don't think they should be there. So, I every KU fan's gonna try to like convince themselves that Providence is better than they actually are to like tell them after they win that holy cow, this team's awesome. Cash or, is already doing that. Already in a conversation with Cash about that last night. Already. Yeah. So, um, but no, definitely the Duke Tech game in terms of like best teams playing each other at this point in the tournament. Yes, I I agree. That's gonna be a good match. That's gonna be a fun matchup to watch. And to any sickos out there, Iowa State, Miami's got you. <laughs> oh, one of those teams is going to go play KU or Providence. For If Providence beats KU, what if Providence, Miami, or Iowa State's going to the freaking Final Four? Yeah, that's going like, to be fucking wild. Yeah, that, that's tough to wrap the whole old noggin around. And what, so there's other there's other news circulating around uh, uh, basketball. Uh, there there yep. is. The team that has just as many tournament losses right now as KU has got a new coach. Yeah. Yeah. I like how you phrased that. It makes us seem more important than we are. 
Exactly. Zero as many, will, as many of you will know, we are all primarily Kansas State fans and drum bangers. Couldn't think of a good lo- segue line right there. But, well, we're, two, we're, two thir- we're two-thirds K-State alum here, so. Yeah. Exactly. We, we're better than Bosco boys, by the way. Just want to put that <laughs> out there. Fuck Bosco boys. If you guys are listening to this, come fight me. <laughs> they're gonna they show. Up, they're gonna show up at your doorstep. <laughs> Those guys think they're shit because they got Jacob Poland to come on, but they're like school sponsored, so of course Jacob Poland's gonna come on. Hey, Whatever, we, we'll, we'll get we'll get somebody on. We already have someone on. We got freaking Cash Kansas and Weather Time. Yeah, <laughs> fuck him. Fuck you guys. So you don't do the freaking uh, right. boys talking about the weather. Um, but no, Jerome Tang is the new. Kansas State men's basketball coach. The All Tang right, you... Gang is about to rise up. Pootie Tang, Octang Gone of Doom. What kind of – do you think there's going to be shirts made out? There's. I definitely know there's going to be one. Well, that yeah, there's going to be shirts made there's out. There's definitely be a Pootie Tang pie or Pootie Tang shirt. I think when the Tang Day is definitely going to be a shirt now. Absolutely. K-State, K-State football already tweeted that out. Oh, yeah. they did? Oh, yeah, they shit. Did. Yeah, when the Tang Day is officially a thing now. So oh, Tang yeah, Gang is going to rise up. Yeah. All right, so do you guys love this or, or or do you not support it? Love it. Absolutely love it. So for some backstory for all of our non, you know, K-State and Baylor fans, Jerome Tang essentially has been at Baylor for the last 19 years. Which is crazy. In, yes. He's been there hand in hand with Scott Drew the whole way. And Baylor's been a pretty good basketball program for the past eh, 10 years, I would say. So he took Baylor from almost the death penalty and having a murderer on the team to helping them win a national championship. So assuming that K-State isn't at that level, theoretically they should be national championship level in 10 years. So that's a joke, obviously. (laughs) I I don't know. I don't know. I mean, this from what I'm hearing is like this guy can surround a locker room in a hurry. Like everybody supports him, and he is the energy for whenever you know, whenever they're in the halftime or whenever it's at post game. It sounds like he is that guy. Well, I think that's good in terms of having a shot in the arm and energy wise. Um, he also is like one of the lead recruiters for a lot of yeah, the, um, yep, a lot of the really good players that are ending up at Baylor. I think it's important for – I think the two things I would like to see from him is, one, I would really enjoy for Shane Southwell to be retained because yes. I think that Shane Southwell's type of guy where you can, you know, learn from this guy and then Shane can take over in 10 years. I would also like to get – Gavin, what's the name of the recruiter who used to be here at K-State and then left to go to Baylor? Oh, fuck. Bring that guy back? Um, I can't remember his name. We were talking about him earlier today. But I think if you can manage to bring him back too, that guy's a stud recruiter. He's been on three national championship winning teams. Well, my thing is, if you can recruit to Waco, Texas, I mean, I feel like it could be pretty somewhat the same recruiting to Manhattan, Kansas. Am I mistaken? No, I think that's a good point. But, like, can we acknowledge that this fan base – K-State was – the fan base in general, was it, like, in danger of not getting Brad Underwood – and just like instantly getting pissed off and feeling like we were entitled, we should get Brad Underwood. Why didn't we do this? And the basketball program's already down bad. So then you're just like, 
putting whatever coach we would have brought in into like a terrible spot to start. No, yeah, I agree. That is not what happened here. And that is so fucking important. I think, I think Gene Taylor handled this situation really well. Yes. K-State fans to all of you out there. This is a Reese. This is a fresh start. So bring in as much fucking energy as you can and support this guy through and through. There's no reason not to be excited. Yes. I'm going to say something that is not me trying to make myself feel better. I'm happy with this hire, just as happy as I would, would have been with Brad Underwood. But there's, if you look at Brad Underwood's resume right now, and you look at Bruce Weber's resume and Dean Barry and Kamau's senior season, there's not that much different there. And, and I, I completely agree with that. I mean, the only difference is one is from Manhattan and he loves this area and he's got a lot of friends in this area. And no, yeah, Tang, that's, that's not to take a shot at Brad Underwood. At no, all. not at all. That, that, I think Brad Underwood, Brad Underwood does have a serious shot at becoming a very good coach. Yeah, but I think I, I think I, this opportunity for Tang has just been a long time coming. Yes, and I think that K State fans got a little carried away with like the expect. If Brad Underwood would have got hired, the expectations that he would have brought as well, like would have just kind of got carried away. I think this allows us to like. Give this dude a chance. We know he hasn't been a head co- – or, like, hasn't recently, but he's been an assistant for 19 years. Like, the, uh, we have no idea – I shouldn't say no idea. It's a, more of a blank slate than if we would have got uh, Brad Underwood. So that excites me. It's the unknown. Yeah. And I think – too is, is just – I mean, Gonzaga's longtime assistant, Arizona's coach uh, – I can't remember his first name, but his last name is Lloyd. Yeah. I mean, he, he's a first-time head coach this year. Arizona's in the Sweet 16 in a one seed. I mean, I'm not I'm not trying to say to all my K-State fan, people out there that we're going to be a freaking one seed next year. Jerome Tanks is going to turn this ship completely around. But, I mean, it, I, I mean, things are optimistic. I'm cautiously optimistic about everything here. And I think one other thing that's important to know is Tang has allegedly turned down prior coaching jobs in the past, and he chose K-State. And for better or for worse, Brad Underwood didn't choose K-State. So I want people who want to be here, and Jerome Tang wants to be here, which means that I want Jerome Tang. Yep, completely agree with all of that. Tang gang. Tang gang, everyone. Well, from one not as crazy thing, to something completely ridiculous. Uh, NFL <laughs> free agency continued to be wild and wacky and just fun as hell, apparently. And we finally got the long-awaited Deshaun Watson ruling. Not the one in you know court that's actually important, but the football <laughs> one. He's going to the Cleveland Browns, everyone, for three first-round picks. Uh, was it, I think it's a third-round pick and a late-round pick swap. So this leaves a couple of things up in the air. One, holy shit, Deshaun Watson's still in the AFC, by God. <laughs> and two, what in the hell is going on with Baker Mayfield? Gentlemen, discourse. So there's two parts of this. The first part is um, you have, like, there's so many moving parts with, like, just feelings on acquiring a team acquiring Deshaun Watson right now. And, like, I completely understand them. It is insane to give a dude $230 million, fully guaranteed, um, and, like, trade for this guy, bring him into your city, kick out Baker Mayfield, like, 
all of that stuff happens with the guy that has Deshaun Watson's now history. But like, I guess you just have to look at it from a football move perspective because he's not allegedly not a criminal that was determined by the U S legal system. And so the Browns moved forward with that. They told Baker what was going to happen. Apparently Baker wasn't happy about it. I still think it makes the most sense for the Browns and Baker Mayfield to stick together for this last year. Cause if Baker Mayfield can play well during this presumed like eight game suspension for Deshaun Watson, like prove that last year was basically like I played when my shoulder was hurt. Some asshole in this building called me a child when I was playing for this uh, organization with a hurt shoulder and refused to bench myself for my own self-preservation. Like Baker Mayfield has so much to gain. And I don't think the Browns actually want to start Jacoby Brissett, who they brought in. So I think Baker stays there and just kind of like tries to get, because if he has no market right now, which there's not, anything to say that he does it's the most mutually beneficial option for both of them i think on to that point too i mean if the perception of you is is that you're a child the really easy layup thing to do in this situation is if they can't trade you is to just play those six eight however many games sean watson theoretically could get suspended just keep your trap shut collect a shit ton of money for being a backup and then just play well in those games and don't say anything. Just be a I, professional about it, and then you can control that narrative. I think Baker Mayfield's going to go scorched earth when he gets that. When he, whether his chance is somewhere else oh. or for the Browns, he is gonna he's gonna fucking go off. Pissed off Baker Mayfield, man. Just like remember, we got pissed off Aaron Rodgers win two MVPs. Now we can see pissed off Baker Mayfield just go for I, an absolute tear. I mean, you've seen it in college. I, I imag- I'm going to imagine college Baker Mayfield right now playing in the NFL. Like before he was hurt and, it's, you know, playing it. walk on effect, right? Yes, like, yes. It's, the, now uh, created, it's now created a different mindset for him, which he has. He has that dog, you know, I hate to use that word, but dog mentality because of how he was at Oklahoma. Well, being the preferred guy wasn't working out for him. So apparently he needed to get a fire lit under his ass to like actually put himself into into gear and play quarterback. So maybe that's what we see. What were you going to say, Sam? As dumb as that sounds, like seriously, as dumb as that sounds, like I think the moment he became the first overall pick, like he, he made it to have to make up like motivation and like. You hear, like, all this crap about how, like, Michael Jordan, like, made up all these stories about how this dude, like, said this, you know, in The Last Dance, where he's, yeah. like, making up fake stories to, like, you know, motivate himself. Like, that that's Michael Jordan being a freaking crackhead, essentially. Like, I don't know if Baker's, like, has the mental capacity. Like, <laughs> Wait, Sam. They, what? I was going to say, you're, like... Like, I understand, like, that sounds crazy, but it only sounds crazy because what we've been told by the NFL media over the past year is that Baker Mayfield sucks. Because Baker Mayfield played an entire season with a dislocated shoulder, but refused to bench himself. So a former number one overall pick all of a sudden forgets how to play football and isn't good when he was playing with a dislocated shoulder. Like, that's what that's I mean, Marcus Russell was number one overall pick. I mean, like, there, there's been bad number of picks. I'm just saying the moment that he, like, became the number one overall pick, instead of having, like, actual, like, hater motivation, like, suddenly he's, like, a he, beloved figure and, like... Yeah, and he's, he's, in, comer- he's, in, commer- he's in commercials and then he's got all these sponsors. Well, and- let's not forget what he showed up to. 
in the NFL. Like the Browns were the they were in the same situation that the Jaguars were right now, just with like the ability to dig themselves out. But right, yeah, like the the culture, what the culture is right now in Cleveland. Like if Baker Mayfield is just gone after this year. Baker Mayfield put an end to the to the jersey that had 26 or whatever na- quarterback names on it. Baker Mayfield turned around that just like culture of football in Cleveland. He was the guy that like they brought in, you're not supposed to succeed here in Cleveland. It's a losing franchise whatever. Now look at Cleveland and like you, in my opinion that's entirely because of Baker. Do you think Cleveland do you think Cleveland loses fans over this? I mean Deshaun Watson is a good no. quarterback, but he is a 26 and 26 can, overall quarterback. Can I tell you what's going to happen here Beans? Sure, go for it. He's going to run out after his suspension. He's going to get booed and he's going to score four touchdowns in that game and they're going to win and nobody's going to talk about this ever again. I could yeah. agree with that. As soon as Deshaun Watson starts playing really good football, like they're not going to give a shit. Like, so I, what if what if he does mid? Like what if he does just as good as Baker? If he's rusty. He, okay, he's going to be better than Baker. If he's like worse than Baker, then like he just hasn't been playing football this entire time. So is yeah. that going to be is that going to be the scapegoat? He hasn't played in a year, and That's I'm not I'm not trying to go against year one for sure. I mean, if year two rolls around and he still plays like shit, then that then you just you concerning. you just really shot yourself in the foot. There. Yeah. And just in terms of like, I, in my, I don't know how you guys feel about this, but like, there has to be a long, a line drawn at some point where like, if in your opinion, like Deshaun Watson is absolutely a criminal and should not be playing in the NFL, your argument, your hard feelings are against the American legal system, not the NFL. The NFL is a, business at the end of this and we watch their if we just got rid of every single player in the nfl that had a single accusation against them at any point like there just wouldn't be an nfl yeah no, i completely agree Baker with Mayfield you on that. ran from police and like look at how we just talked about him and nobody like even talks about that anymore yeah no i completely agree with that uh, with that notion that, that. none of that makes deshaun watson okay but like you have to compare deshaun watson to the other criminals he's playing football against yeah, yeah, I agree. So, so I mean, we can we can agree that the AFC got stronger, but also the AFC West got even stronger. Yeah, speaking of criminals, the Raiders <laughs> traded for Dante Adams, and that's just, to clarify. I'm calling the Raiders criminals, not Devonte Adams. Devonte Adams, is, well, dude, if you're listening, you should come onto the pod. Well, who's Devonte Adams replacing at wide receiver there in Vegas? Um, Ryan um, Edwards. Not. <laughs> Sure, it's not the dude that's currently in jail. <laughs> oh yeah. Henry speaking Rose, of speaking of legal, speaking of legal systems. Yeah, but no, uh, Devonte Adams traded to the to the Raiders from the Packers for a first and a second. What's your thought? I oh well, yeah. That I feel like they could have got more out of it, but Devonte uh, Adams is not going to play there. I mean, so. you're you're trading a guy that needs to be paid though. That's the I and. Okay, on that note, just like when a dude gets Amari Cooper here too and Robert Woods, like the contract has to be included in the trade compensation for a player. Like I I saw people outraged with like the Robert Woods trade. Like guys, he's coming, he's 30 years old, coming off a torn ACL and he's on a big contract. Like what do you expect? Yeah, like you're not getting equivalent value. This isn't fucking Madden out here. Yeah. Like this is... 
this is real life. Dudes get traded for way less than they should, like, at all times, especially, like, in the NBA. Like, you know, you look at players on Supermax contracts that are, like, former MVPs, even, like, Russell Westbrook, and Russ is getting traded for packages of, like, Kyle Kuzma, Mantras, Harrell, and, like, Kadavis Cottable Pope. Yeah. Like, it's just the way that it is. Um, I think it was a big win for both teams, personally. I think if you're the Raiders, you kind of see everyone in the AFC. You see the Chiefs being good in the AFC West, and you see the other two teams being much better. And you kind of need to keep up in the arms race that is the AFC West. So you make a move like that. And if you're the Packers, I mean, you have a receiver who just isn't going to play for you. And you got a first and a second round pick for him, and now you have five top 100 picks. And you also get all that money, like, saved, essentially. Like, think yeah. about, you got a first and a second round pick. I know it's not just this simple, but, like, Devontae Adams is also 30. Like, are you really going to give him, you think the Raiders are, like, feeling, I know they got Devontae Adams and what Devontae Adams is right now, but you think Devontae Adams at the end of that contract or two years into this contract, like, they're going to be looking at it the same way? It's very much a, like, right now move for the Raiders, which is perfectly fine. And it's ironic that the Packers made, like, a future-esque move with Aaron Rodgers at 38. But I I understand it from the Packers' perspective. I mean, Aaron Rodgers always said he loved Devontae Adams like a brother, and I can I can see where this is like a brother move for him. Yeah, no, I, I don't think that uh, anything we've ever heard about that relationship, like this move means anything because the Packers offered him more money. Like that's all that they can do. If Devontae Adams really did want to play with Derek Carr, he probably had a conversation with Aaron Rodgers and was just like, like, okay, like I'm just going to do this because I'm 30 and I want to play with my uh, college quarterback. Like one, one of my presumed best friends, just, yeah, it all makes sense. I think he even bought a house next team. to Derek Carr. What were you saying, Sam? Well, I, beans go first because we talked to you over together. You got to get your point out. I, Devontae Adams bought a house next to Derek Hart. That doesn't say how much he's invested into this right now. Wow. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, Adams' favorite team was the Raiders growing up too from everything that I've seen. So, I mean, oh, like, okay. it, it was just time. Like, it was just yeah. something he wanted to do. And it, it didn't matter because, like, the Raiders could just pay him just as much. Yep. So, why, why not go to the team you want to go to? So, I mean, I, I think the other thing you need to look at, too, is look who got these picks. The Packers got these picks. The team that drafted, like, Jair Alexander and Darnell Savage and, like, <laughs> all these really good players, like, over the past couple of years, even though we, like, make fun of them for how they draft by not getting Aaron Rodgers a receiver. And I'm not saying they can draft receivers because they're receivers they've drafted in kind of mid. But, I mean, they've drafted a lot of good players in the past two, three years. I laughed because I really appreciated the subtle shot at John Gruden and uh, who's their GM there? Good God. Oh, Mike Mayock. Yeah, no, them not being – like, we can't use these first-round picks. So, here, you can take them, Packers. Like, we can't hit anybody (laughs) with these picks. Who who is – I don't even know who the Raiders' new GM is. I know Mayock is out. I, like, didn't – I didn't know that for, like, a long time during the offseason. And then, like, I saw Mike Mayock get mentioned on NFL Network, and I was like, wait a minute. Isn't he still the GM? And I, it was just like, nope, he got fired, like, three weeks ago. Um, Dave Ziegler? Fuck that doesn't, him. Doesn't matter. That, that doesn't, doesn't sound matter right. now. Yeah, we can't make fun of Mayock and John Gruden anymore is all that matters. <laughs> <laughs> Those guys are clowns. 
Yeah. Speaking of clowns, the Falcons. They <laughs> <laughs> blew a 28-3 lead. I don't know if you heard that joke before. But they also now just traded the quarterback who was a, helped them blow that 28-3 lead. Matt Ryan is now a horse. He's a colt. Beans, I'm going to, like, make this really simple. Matt Ryan on his current contract and, like, with what they have or Marcus Mariota in a third-round pick. Oh. Did it – okay, my question is, did Atlanta buy – did they pay that sal- – who got the salary on this? I, I have no idea who got the salary. Well, I know, Atlanta I kept know, putting back the bonus, so I would presume that the Colts took it. I think – well, I thought the – Falcons had to pay that forty million guaranteed. Let me look at the. Oh yeah, that, I'm looking at the uh, Falcons 2022 dead cap. Forty million dollars to Matt Ryan, fifteen million dollars to Julio Jones, five million to Vontae Fowler. Holy fuck! <laughs> Man, that Ouch. team is just. That they team are is Brett Beach. They are Sad. in. They are in debt. Like. <laughs> that, that team wow. Is Kyle Pitts and like a bunch. It's Kyle Pitts, AJ Terrell, and a bunch of fucking trash. Holy yeah. shit. So I think the Colts may have won in this situation. Like, I, I would I mean, think- Matt Ryan's not taking any because they, they had the most cap space in the NFL after getting rid of Wentz. So if Matt Ryan is like only on salary right now, like that's huge. Yeah, I, that's that's a big get right there. Yeah. And, and you're taking kind of well, Sam and I kind of talked about this before the pod. Mariota is never he's he got fucked over in Tennessee he hasn't really had his shot yet he's now with Arthur Smith again it's I think this is his all right it's time to prove it now the difference between uh I like there's nothing else there has to be something we don't know about Mariota right yeah because like the NFL just hasn't been interested in this dude and it it could be something just as simple as like Instead of the guy coming out to ESPN and saying that they think this quarterback is a child, like what happened to Baker Mayfield, like it just happened behind closed doors. And it's just something we don't know or whatever. But I think it's always just been like a confidence thing. Is like he, he looked fine like in his first like two, three seasons. And then like he just kept getting hurt and his confidence just took a turn for the worse. Yeah. yeah. And you also have Felipe Franks who <laughs> yeah. yeah, we can move on Felipe, from Felipe okay, Franks. Felipe Franks was garbage at florida and he was garbage at arkansas and he was he's still garbage in the nfl so i don't want to hear about no damn felipe frank so in my opinion though the matt ryan won in the end matt ryan won yeah can we can we say that yeah matt ryan went from mid to bad team to team that might actually be able to make the playoffs but god doesn't that just feel bad if you're a Colts fan though your big off-season acquisition is bringing in Matt Ryan while other teams are getting Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson. I mean, I, mean, like- I thought I thought Baker Mayfield would have been – this would have been his landing spot or Jimmy Garoppolo. You still have Jimmy G out there. Like, nobody's – well, well, I'll get to Jimmy G here in a second. But, like, I'll, with that from Colts fans, like, that's an extremely relative way to look at it. But just, like, in terms of what you got, because you have to put yourself into – if you're a Colts fan – You've backed yourself into this corner where, like, there's the devil, and then right above the devil, there's Hitler, and then right above that, there's Carson Wentz. So, Holy like, shit. you Hold went on. from that guy to Matt Ryan, who has been in the Super Bowl, obviously blew it, but, like, has this, like, history of being a good quarterback. He, like, leads the league in passing yards and touchdowns since, like, 2016. I know he's old, 
But this is – if you really think Carson Wentz was that bad, then this should be like a massive upgrade for you. Okay. I want to point this out real fast. Matt Ryan is getting $40 million from the dead cap money in Atlanta. He's still making $23.75 million in Indianapolis. Let's go. God bless Matt it. Matt Ryan is bagged out. Good for Matt. What, what a fucking awesome guy. And he's still on contract until he is – 39 years old in 2024. Holy shit. Oh my God. The Colts are going to have to shell out more draft picks to get rid of Phillip Rivers 2.0 next year. Jesus oh my Christ. gosh. This is crazy. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> who gave Matt Ryan that deal? God, I don't know. No, Arthur they, Smith no, they, just kept, they just kept backloading it. They just kept, you know, pushing the camera. Well, no, they gave the him the extension last year. They gave oh. him a two year extension that was just like, it made no. It's one of those deals like the Jags have been doing, where it made no sense at signing and then looks worse down the road. Um, but yeah, they just did that with Matt oh, Ryan, and now they trade him away. Here's, here's what they did: they bad in Atlanta. They told they did a total. They did a guarantee deal, is what they did. Oh, totally guaranteed. Yes, for mostly whatever. I don't know if the Colts did. I can't uh, – the way it's broken down, I can't really tell if it's a total guarantee or if it's from just whatever the fucking Falcons did to them. Holy shit, this is crazy. Well, in any event, we could say that the Falcons are losers, right? Yeah. So let's talk about some winners. Who won free agency so far, fellas? Big picture. For me, it's a really easy calculus. The Chargers won free agency. Because they surrounded their rookie quarterback with the best defender in the draft, in the uh, free agency pool, in J.C. Jackson. They went out and got Khalil Mack, like a bunch of absolute madmen. And then they brought back Mike Williams. That team is looking dummy thick on defense. That team is looking good as hell. They look like a freaking problem. And I think they're my biggest winner in free agency so far. So I agree. First, I agree with all of that, Sam. The Chargers, and I'll get to this with my team as well, because there's something to there's something that feels very, very good about going into the draft, not having a need, just being able to let the draft fall to you and taking the best player available. And uh, the players that the Chargers brought in, also while good players filled some of their biggest needs. And on that same note, the Cincinnati Bengals have done the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. They've brought in three very, very like solid quality uh, offensive linemen. I don't know their names. I know that they brought uh, the dude from the Dallas Cowboys just Lyle recently. Lyle Collins. Lyle Collins. Yeah. And like, they, you brought in these three guys. You've retained some of the guys that you already had that you're hoping, that you're hoping developing. But let's look at where they were last offseason, where the Panay Sewell versus Jamar Chase debate, and we need help on defense. We're signing these guys like Eli Apple and uh, oh, Awuzie, I think, is the other guy, the other corner there that we're like hoping uh, play well, and they did down the stretch. But so you have no holes on defense, presumably, no like major things, and your biggest question on your roster was your offensive line. Now you go into the draft. And you can just take whatever player is available there. You don't have to push a guard at 31 because we just don't have a guard on our roster that we are confident can start day one. So I was very, very, very uh, happy with what the Bengals did. I completely agree. I think the Bengals have done all the right moves right now. 
uh, filling up that O line to protect their their their, their good quarterback. Yep. Now it's about to get spicy in here with our next free agency winner and subsequent loser. All right. So in my opinion, and a lot of people are going to blow up at me and say, Beans, you're a fucking idiot. I know I'm an idiot, but the, Chief- <laughs> the Chiefs have won this free agency, in my opinion, because hear me out. They haven't had to. I get it. It's pissing a lot of people off. You know, they're waiting for that notification to go off on their phone that they got this big splash player. They don't have to make that big splash pair. And I know a lot of people are going to fucking yell at me for saying this, but they got Patrick Mahomes, okay? So they don't have to go out and search for a quarterback. They don't have to trade their whole draft stock for to find a quarterback. They have that quarterback who is on, I'm going to say it, is on the best deal that anybody could have ever made. I think he's on the best deal in the history of the NFL because they can, they can get rid of it at any point and not have to pay a dime of it. That is the best negotiating I have ever fucking heard of, but I don't think we'll ever get rid of Patrick Mahomes. And on top of that, they've signed a really good safety, and I know a lot of people are upset about Tyron Matthew, but I think Justin Reed is – he is only 24 years old and still has a lot of room to grow and develop. I think he can – I think he can be that safety next. Yeah. And also with the signing of Juju Smith-Schuster, he signed a one-year $10.75 million deal, which everybody thinks that's a little – that's an okay deal. But it's only a $3 million deal. The rest are incentives. So we might not reach that $10.75 million, which is a great deal in my opinion. Essentially, we got a receiver for a one-year deal worth $3 million, which I've, Byron Pringle signed for more. Yeah. No. So, uh, so before you go here, Sam, I completely agree with this, Beans. I think – I don't think uh, – I think a lot of what people are mad at with the Chiefs is just like – their emotions are telling them that we've missed out on something. And the reality is like, yeah, the chiefs could have just like ponied up and gave fucking Christian Kirk $22 million a year, but that's not helping the chiefs. And like, yeah, it would have sent a notification to your phone and gave you instant gratification. But in terms of what's best for the chiefs long-term, which is what I'm shooting for, I think they did everything as well as they possibly could have up until this point. And people are questioning, you know, their cap space. Listen, the Orlando Brown deal isn't done yet. I'm, I know they're going to make a deal where, where and he right now he's got a sixteen million dollar cap hit. But you make a deal that lowers it down to eight million, so you're saving eight million right there. You know, Tyreek Hill, he gets his new deal done. That can free up another eight to ten million. So there is room to keep growing. The the free agency is an imaginary number. Also, they re-signed Andrew Wiley. That, that, that alone was a fucking win for me. Andrew Wiley can play anywhere from tackle to tackle and be successful, and they only got him for a million. That's a fucking great deal. Yep. I, I've got nothing to add to that. I think you did a great job there, Beans. And with Thank that, you. I think we can move to some free agency losers. Sam, and- shit on me. Sam just shit yep. all over me right now. So nothing you said <laughs> is wrong, Beans. I have the Chiefs as my biggest free agency loser, and it's nothing to what they did. Everything that you said is very true. And you even missed out on the whole, oh, we restructured Frank Clark, so now we have Frank Clark and the same amount of money to sign other players that we would have had if we just cut him. The Chiefs have had a productive offseason. I I enjoy the Justin Reed signing. I enjoy the Juju Smith-Schuster signing. I like what the Chiefs have done. However, what I do need to say is is that Justin Reed more than likely isn't going to be Tyron Matthew. I understand that 
look, I like the move and everything. And I completely understand. And I've been on this podcast on record saying it was the right move, right? Yep. But you have a worse safety now. Your wide receiver room's a little bit better. And, but like your team is still roughly about the same. The reason why the Chiefs are the biggest loser isn't of anything that they've done. It's the fact that the Broncos and the Chargers have made themselves into legitimate Super Bowl contenders. And the Raiders have made themselves into legitimate, just regular playoff contenders. That division has gotten so ridiculously bad that it didn't really matter what the Chiefs did this offseason outside of just signing, like, the Spending money. They've literally, they've literally spent money. Yeah, no, like, they've done everything right. But the thing is, is you can do, like, think of it this way. You can do your job correctly on a football team and the other 10 dudes don't do it right and you, lo- and you lose, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, that's how it is for the Chiefs. The Chiefs did everything right. These other teams just got way fucking better, though. Like, they've lost the most ground when it comes to teams in their division in regards to other teams. No, I agree. I agree with that because I can also see where you can understand the free agency losers because if you look at a lot of these teams that are doing trades, a lot of them are getting rid of just third-round picks, six-round picks for these splash players. Amari Cooper, yeah. he, was a, he was a third-round pick next year. Well, and look, and I, I'm all for the Chiefs not having flexibility, right? Like, I'm, I'm, I'm not sitting here banging on the table and going, why the hell didn't we get Amari Cooper? Because Amari Cooper is expensive, and we have other people to sign and everything. But, like, my lo- them being the loser, for me, has nothing to do with what they've done. It's the fact that everyone else has just done way more. I agree so, with that, yeah. I mean, there's, I there's two different types of ways to lose, right? Yeah. You can lose by doing dumb shit like Gavin's team, or you can lose because everyone else just did way better. And like, well, you that's just a... didn't do it, and you just, and you did fine, but everyone else just did better. It's like, it's like when you get a 90% on a quiz, and you did really good, you got an A, but you also got the worst grade in the class. Like, you're still the dumbest person in the class, but you got an A, so it's like, yeah. <laughs> nope. I think uh, thanks for that um, seamless transition there because it was really easy to pick my team. And I really wanted, I was really excited to talk about these guys. It's the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm going to make this really short and sweet. They didn't get any better. They lost some of the assets that they had that they could have used to get better. It really is that simple. They have money tied up in bad players. And now they have less assets to go get good players. <laughs> It really is that simple. Sometimes they went from being like, "I'm, I'm actually going to look this up." Keep talking while I look up their. uh... No, like the Jaguars now go into you go, and the worst part about this is you go into next year's free agency, and let's say like the right deal does come to you because you have the Jaguars tax, and like I get that nobody wants to come play for the Jaguars. You guys suck, whatever. But let's say that you're like eight and eight this year. Now, well, next year the right deal does come around. But now you don't have the cap space to actually get them because Christian Kirk has like met his incentives from last year and is getting paid like three million dollars more a season than Amari Cooper. Like it's just, it's the process here that's bad, and they've been ha- they've been victims of this forever. And if I'm a Jaguars fan, I'm looking at this saying like, oh no, nothing's changing. We just got Trevor Lawrence, which we thought was our ticket out of here, but Trevor Lawrence can't run the team. And the Jaguars are doing a really shitty job of running the team. That's about it. 
you're a marginally better team with way less money now. Yeah, they went from being at the top of the board to only $8 million in cap left. Yeah, we need to tweet out my uh, Jaguars offensive formation for next year because it was oh, the only yeah. way I could wrap my fucking head around how they were going to actually use the players that they gave money to. It's just – I they have like seven, or four or five slot receivers on this team that can't play on the outside. And it just doesn't yeah. make any fucking sense. Yeah, it's it is confusion. But no, you go go ahead, Beans. I'm I'm done talking right. about this fucking abomination. My free agency losers are the Cowboys because of two words, Ezekiel Elliott. No, 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 like, no, 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 Beans. It's Amari Cooper's fault. Oh, that's right. It is Amari's Cooper. Amari Cooper. Cooper. Yep, that's right. No, no, they they are so fucked over from this Ezekiel Elliott deal. It's hurting them. And I, the funny thing is, they made a deal with Randy Gregory. <laughs> this was so funny. They they had a deal done with Randy Gregory. I think it was all but signed. And then there was some like verbiage in there for like Randy Gregory. No, he, no. He, he he won't get paid if he was suspended. And so he was like, "Fuck this! I'm going to the Broncos," which was even funnier because they just tweeted out Randy Gregory is signing back to the cow signing to the Cowboys. And then 24 hours later, he's a Bronco. Well, and like the media coverage around that was so terrible too because <laughs> I felt like. Like, the Cowboys would, like, tweet this out, like, it's verbiage that's in everyone's contract. And, like, for some reason, he just, like, got scared and ran off. And then you hear it from, like, his point of view, and it's like, no, it's, like, specific to me because I've had problems in the past and blah, blah, blah. And that uh, the Broncos weren't adding that to my contract. Like, nobody knows what's true. But at the end of the day, like, you lost a good player for a fucking stupid reason if you're the, if you're the Cowboys. Yeah. Well, my thing and my thing is as well, like they don't have anywhere. They don't have they haven't made any moves. They've lost players, but haven't they re-signed Michael Gallup? No, that's but there's been nothing progressive. I don't know how real this is because it was one of those like Twitter accounts where it's like we dem boys zero in zero at like Dem Boys 1990, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, and it was like 31 out of 32 teams have signed a player in free agency that wasn't on the team before. The one is the Dallas Cowboys. It just feels like all they've done is get worse. Yeah, they just keep digging themselves in a hole. Like, do they realize they have to bring players in too? Hey, man, you know what this means? It's Manders season. No. Traylon Burks is going to go to them round one and like they're going to like tweet out a graphic of their wide receiver core at the start of the start of the season with like CD Lamb, Michael Gallup and Traylon Burks and say like that they've upgraded a wide receiver. And like I can't explain to them like how good Traylon Burks has to be as a rookie to just like be as good as Amari Cooper is normally today. <laughs> and it's like that in so many positions for them. He's got to also do it on, like, 20% target share because Dak will just throw it to anyone with a pulse. Oh, yeah. Now, Dalton Schultz is uh, – Dal- Dalton Schultz resigned there as well, which is actually not a terrible thing for them to franchise tag him. I don't know if they actually gave him an extension, but – and I, like – Dalton Schultz can get paid money, and, like, that's okay. He was productive last year. But 
I don't think the Cowboys realized that they could put like a actual just telephone pole at tight end and Dak would still throw it 20 to or six targets a game. And also, don't get me started on the whole Trayvon Diggs thing. Like, he had a lot of interceptions last year, but that's because everybody threw to him. And it's such a Cowboys thing to say, we have the best corner in the nation. Yeah. Now, he no. gave up the most yards at a single cornerback, like a singular cornerback spot gave up the most yards that any single corner has in PFF since PFF started tracking that. So, Dude, yeah. Marcus Peters again. Like, yes. look, is there value to Trayvon Diggs? Yeah. I mean, there's value to him. He's not like, he's not garbage, but I know for a fact you would call him garbage if he didn't get all those picks. So, like, you um, know what I mean? Yeah. And then, like, the argument would be like, well, he did. And it's like, well, he didn't two years ago, and you thought he was fucking trash, so. Yeah. Beans, can we also throw retaining the coaching staff in with this? Yeah, I, th- I seriously thought my car oh, – well, yeah. Yeah, throw it in there as well. I mean, everything nah, – we're joking about this team getting worse. Year. And that means, like, this team was actually, from a roster standpoint, like, pretty good last year. And they yeah. couldn't do a fucking thing with it. They would just, yeah. like, beat up on – they basically would just hang 60 on the commanders, or I guess at that time the football team, and then, like, everybody would buy back in, and then they would just underperform for a couple more games, beat bad teams, lose to good teams, and got to the playoffs and just lost on one of the worst coaching and quarterback decisions <laughs> Oh, we didn't need to revisit that. That brought back a lot of good memories. Yep. But no, uh, this was going to happen. I can already, here's my crystal ball for you, Gavin. Here's what's going to happen. The Cowboys are going to be like whatever this year because they have to play a first place schedule, not like a second to last place schedule. Yep. Actually, no, I think, no, the Cowboys played um, a second place schedule last year. Excuse me. But they're playing a first place schedule this year and here's what's going to happen. They're going to win, like, like 10-7. They're going to lose in the wild card. And they're going to ax Mike McCarthy, and they're going to trade, like, two first-round picks for Sean Payton. Like, that's exactly what's going to happen. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, that's exactly. It, it's, yeah, it's exactly what's going to happen. It's telegraphed. It's written in the stars. Well, the funny... on that note, we should just move. I want to put that in the notes. Yeah, here. <laughs> yeah no, we can move on. But I think the funniest part about that is then you're at the end of next season going to also get into the reality that I think most of us have been at for a year now, where like that extension that Dak got like was just too much, and Dak at least I don't think Dak is actually that good of a quarterback, and that's where we're going to be next year. But they also have to get to that realization, which I think they will be closer to at the end of next season. You know, if you pay them for long enough at that rate, eventually it'll be good because all the other quarterbacks are going to Yeah, because inflation. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I guess let, let's quickly glance over the Chiefs free agency. Thumbs up or thumbs down, that's how quickly we're going to go. Thumbs up for me. Thumbs up. What? Thumbs up or thumbs down for the Chiefs free agency? Thumb, uh, just go on. I think we can go straight to the mock. All right, okay. All right. we're going to perform. So we have a little twist for you guys today. We're going to be doing a PFF mock draft. All three of us are going to do it. This is going to provide three just big heads, big brains for you guys in a third, in a seven-round mock draft. 
Um, get there, folks. I do have a question. So while you guys get PFF pulled up, I'm sitting here on the simulator, and you can offer a trade before the draft starts, correct? So, um, yeah. Well, no, I'm like, that's just what you can do. So I'm just stating if I'm uh, the Chiefs, I'm sitting here, the draft is about to start, you know, uh, it's like 30 minutes prior to draft time. I'm calling the Jacksonville Jaguars and just insulting them by offering them pick 30 and like pick 233 for pick one because they don't value the assets that they have anyways. So they might as well <laughs> just get rid of them for fucking peanuts. <laughs> that's a Jaguars joke. We can move on to our mock draft here. But that's all a Jaguars right, I, move. I'm starting the mock. Yeah. Um, all right. So each mock is a little bit different, folks. So yeah, the computer simulates it differently different for everybody. All right. Um, so every, I guess time. my name is first. So I guess I'll start. And I would be remiss if I didn't continue to go with the mock draft pick that we had when we did our original mock draft in Brian Asamoah for the Chiefs. God damn it. You are beating that drum, and I don't like it. <laughs> I like it. It's a good pick. Um, Who did Brees Hall just get drafted by in this thing? PFF, show your face. Trey McBride to the Niners. Oh, God. Yeah, I had uh, – so, I don't Brees know. Hall to the Eagles. <laughs> oh, we're not going to go – Kenneth Walker to the Steelers? Double if. We're not going to go over what PFF does beforehand. We're just going to give what the simulator gives yeah, us. Yeah, you just take the cards you're dealt in the draft, I guess. Grossed out. Okay, but we can all agree that the best-case scenario – okay, quickly. Over or under two-and-a-half quarterbacks in the first round? Absolutely over because NFL teams are stupid. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. So who do you got here, Beans? All right, I'll go first. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Boy Mafeg. They need an edge rusher, and this guy is a fucking dog. No, I, I actually. Uh, so while Sam was picking, I was looking through who I had available here. I am gonna go Brian Asamoah. I thought about Chad Muma here as well, but the athletic linebacker just seems like. Actually, I take that back. I'm sorry, because. Wisconsin recently had their pro day and Leo Chanel from Wisconsin was just this absolute athletic freak at linebacker. He's been a late riser just based on that pro day. And um, I didn't really view him any differently than Brian Asamoah pre-draft, but the testing was just better. He seems like a better athlete. So I will go like Leo Chanel. I will go with Leo Chanel here, but that is purely the same thought process that we had as the Brian Asamoah pick. I want to point it out that I still in the second round have Leo Chanel and Brian Asamoah. Okay. I have Brian Asamoah. Hey, I could take him here. You would. All right. So my my second pick, I, I think it's a little bit ah, yeah. I think it's a little too rich for corner in this uh in this round. Just a touch. So I think I'm gonna go edge, because we really do do need edge. Oh, I wonder if good. Go no no no. I I'm just curious to see who you pick because I think it might be who I'm looking at right now too. Um, I'm gonna go with uh Nick Benito, another oh. Oklahoma player. Man, Oklahoma head. We're gonna double up OU. Yep. No, I think that's fine. You got anybody beans, or you want me to go? Um, if you want to go first, then I'll I'll, I'll pick my guy. 
So I'm same thought process as Sam here. Um, the reason I went linebacker was just because I think in the real NFL draft, linebackers are going to go quick. And I think that there's more talent at in this edge class. So I get to the end of the second round here. Um, in real life, with uh, if the Chiefs want to do a complete like upside pick with this, um, either the end of the second or the third, depends on their medical evaluations. But like grabbing a David Ajabo, that's supposed to be a first round pick, but is going to fall for a good reason. Like tearing in Achilles at a position that relies entirely on explosiveness, like is a big deal. Um, but anytime you can get a first round type player, just in the third, fourth, sec, I, I guess high, high second or late second would be a little high for me, but that thought process um, would at least start here. I'm going to go with Kingsley and Agbury from South Carolina just yes. continue to build out the edge class um, from PFF. It appears that I'm getting him out of value here. I'm perfectly happy with that. I, I like him. He is, he's kind of an underdog in my opinion. Not a lot of people are looking at him right now, but he is very fluid with his motions and has a very good, he, he can rip that yep. guy is, that guy's a dog. Um, I'm going to go with, I, I know with the injuries and everything, but I feel like this is where the chiefs are going to go receiver here. And I think Justin Ross is that big guy that they're looking for. Ooh. Do you not like that one? Uh, so Justin Ross is getting talked up here, like getting talked about at this point because of that freshman season he had and that sophomore year he had, right? Yes. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that, except same thing as David Ajabo. Like there's a reason that this guy isn't getting – those seasons that he had at that age suggest he should be like one of the top he's down here because of a spinal injury that knocked him out for a year and the like athletic testing that has came back. They just had their pro day. Like he's just not the same athlete that he used to be. It appears as though just like the, he never fully recovered from that spinal injury, which is terrible for the player. But like, we also can't let, that if he's not that player anymore, then we shouldn't let that what he used to be push him up in drafts. So he's a guy I'd be willing to let somebody else take the risk or take the pick on. That's just my opinion. Don't I'm taking let him sway you get beans. I think I but with six foot four body frame, like, and I get it, like a Christian Watson would be available as well. But I feel like this is that role can be reversed. Christian Watson in the third and Justin Ross, you know, but. I feel like they're going to go with – it's such a Chiefs move to make. I would rather have a Justin Ross, and I know it's two completely different positions, but I'd rather have a Justin Ross than Meikle. That's just an, that's just an argument for another day. No, I, I agree with I agree with that, but that's more of a testament to McCole Hardman just sucking. Yeah, <laughs> that boy stink. So uh, I guess fill everybody in on where we're at now, Sam, and then go ahead and make your pick. We are at pick 94, I believe. Yep. 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 We're at pick ninety four in the draft, and Christian Watson is just sitting right there. And there's no chance that Andy Reid doesn't take Christian Watson. There's no. There's no way he's actually here in the real NFL draft. Too. Probably right. not. I would imagine uh, he's not. But there, there's no chance that Christian Watson at pick ninety four is not going to be a Kansas City Chief. It's just not. Yeah. Yep. It's just not true. Yep, I agree completely. What do you got, Beans? All right, so, ooh, man, this is 
kind of a little it's going to be a little odd because the Chiefs they're going to need to replace Ben Neiman one way or another and I feel like this is the guy to do it and I've talked about him in the past and I'm going to do this just out of the fact that I just like him as a player this I don't know I know the Chiefs are not going to make this move but I want to think of the future of replacing Ben Neiman and I want us to get our third linebacker in the top 100 seems to be a trend we're all going for you guys and I but I want Jojo Doman from Nebraska Guys, a that guy is dude. He's a guy. <laughs> that guy's awesome to watch. He can I play was, it all. He can play it all. He can play safety. He can play corner. He can play edge. He could play your dime. He can play. He just does it all. You can figure out where you want him and just say, "Go do it, man." No, I was I was looking at him too, Baines, and I think that'd be a perfectly fine pick here. I, all things equal, would also go Christian Watson here. Not only do I just not want to repeat what Sam did, but I don't think he's going to be available here. Um, a guy that I do think could be available here that like would actually fit what the Chiefs want and everything is Khalil Shakir. Um, I think senior receiver from Boise State has been super productive. He's gonna do a lot of what Juju Smith-Schuster does really well, except this is where like why, this is why you sign a dude like uh, Juju Smith-Schuster is. I think Khalil Shakir is a value here. I think we can bring him in. He can learn from Juju. He can be like slowly, um, he can slowly develop instead of being pushed when he's not ready. And then when we go into next season, hopefully we can let Juju walk. Hopefully he has a great year. We get a compensatory pick and then Khalil Shakir can just step into that wide receiver two spot. I would like for it to be known that uh, Byron Pringle uh, does count for the compensatory pick, which is really awesome. Does he really get paid that much? How does he count for a compensatory? Is it like a six? I don't know. I I think, no. Yeah, I think it is a six. Oh, I mean, okay, for a six-round pick, but Jesus. I I guess. I guess that's fair, but. Okay, am I back up? Yeah, the 103. Yeah, JoJo Doman, same reasons you guys said. Oh, you got JoJo at that. See, he would have been gone here. Yeah, and he's, he's a guy that's been climbing, like, when we were when you talked about him initially, Beans on our like prospect spotlight a couple weeks back, he mm-hmm. was nowhere near the just rank and ADP that he is just on uh I guess mock draft boards, and I'm starting to see his name at least like talked about. That's yeah. a very good sign. As like obviously we're getting into the beginning of April, um, so I will also pick him here just because I we're all three gonna end up picking this dude, but he's just the top rated corner and he fits a need that the Chiefs had. Yeah, and like I said, he can go anywhere. I, I'm glad that we all three got him. Um, man, I see Bailey's happy here. <laughs> I just want to make it known that Christian. Th- this is why the simulator. This is why I wanted us all three to do the simulator because I have Christian Watson available here. But just because I'm, I know he's going to be gone. I'm not going to pick him. Um, uh, there's one corner that I would like to uh, kind of actually. God dang. You got Jai Sanders. I love that guy last year. And then also you have uh, D'Angelo Malone. I, man, if I didn't take Edge, I would have taken those two guys. But give me Zion McCollum, the uh, corner out of Sam Houston. He supposedly has a very good uh, – he's had a very good uh, season last year. And I think just taking, taking, that, small, taking that small school guy, kind of like what they did with Sneed. Sorry, I'm trying to type and do this at the same time. But I like the small school guys, and this is where I'm going to give them their love. Plus, cornerback is not a very valuable position for the Chiefs, so. Yep, that's facts. 
All right. All right, Sam, what's your next pick for the 135? Um, this is going to be a reach. Um, but I don't care because I refuse to not have a guy named Smoke Monday on my <laughs> <laughs> So this there's no scientificness to this at all. He's ranked 186. We're picking 135, and we don't have another pick till 233. His ADP is about 150, and his name is Smoke Monday, and that's all that matters. I agree with this notion. Yep, and we're in the fourth round, so who gives a shit? Exactly. That pick, that guy could have just been Matt Ryan, but who cares? We don't need Matt Ryan. Smoke Monday it is. <laughs> Gavin, what's your pick? Uh, so I will have to make an amendment to my mock draft because PFF decided I was only drafting four rounds. So I restarted, and the only change was me taking a – at uh, Darian Beavers was available at pick 94 instead of Khalil Shakir. And um, – so Khalil Shakir wasn't there. I take Darian Beavers because he wasn't there the last time and I would have picked him. So I'd have two linebackers in the top hundred. Um, but no, so now I get to what pick are we on now? 135. And I want to take this Neil Farrell uh, Jr. from LSU. Give me a guy that's 325 pounds, can just hopefully, as we were talking about earlier, just occupy two bodies on the offensive line and let uh, Chris Jones work. That's uh, what I'm hoping we can do, and then just stay young at defensive interior as well. You know, there wasn't much talk about this, but supposedly Derek Naughty resigned. There was no talk about that at all, and I thought that was a he big D tackle. But that was that yeah. was such a big return for the Chiefs. You have no idea, and well, I like. Well, the- I have an idea of it because I like because I understand how football works. But, like, he's not a sexy player, so that's why no one gives a shit. Yeah, and I'm going to go with yep. Neil, Neil Farrell Jr. as well out of LSU. Just give me a big guy. 325 pounds. Just give me a big dude just to take double teams. All right, we're up to the 233. The Chiefs have a little break here for a while. A yeah. big break. I would, I, I, who was the corner I was going to take? He, he is long gone. Um, I was going to take – oh, the Seahawks took him at 229. I was going to take uh, Kobe Durant because South Carolina State randomly produces good corners for yes. no good reason. But yeah. he's gone. So backup plan. Um, we're going to take uh, Chamari Connor, I think is how you pronounce that. Virginia Tech also produces good corners. So there we go and there we go. What's his name? Uh, Chamari Durant, um, C H A M. Don't even Chamari yeah. <laughs> Connor. It's not Durant. It's Connor. Oh, Excuse Connor. Me. Cham, Mari, and then Connor. Okay. Gavin, who are you gonna take? So, um, I've done this pick before. We're getting into the um. We're getting into the late rounds. I want to draft a skill set that we don't currently have on the roster. I'm going to take Kennedy Brooks from Oklahoma just to be our power back. The dude that averages over six yards a carry in in college for his entire career. Just give me a dude that can pound it between the tackles because we don't have a guy that can do that right now. And hopefully he can just get yards after contact and give us something that we that just Clyde can't do. You know, yeah. you kind of kind of took my pick there because I was looking at that too, and I've I, I have had a high like I um 
praise for Kennedy Brooks and who he is as a running back. And I, I will go with him as well because we're going to have to fill the Daryl to Barrel Williams. <laughs> High praise. This dude's moved all the way up from undrafted to the seventh round. I, I think I think he has a chance to be that sneaky good like like just power just he's gonna the, he's gonna the get Garrett Blunt guy he's yeah. gonna get you like ten touchdowns a season maybe just off of just fucking ground and pound I can't yep. believe you didn't take uh, Ryan Stonehouse the punter out of Colorado State yeah. oh no I'm, yeah. I'm picking him next so <laughs> I'm picking him I'm, next so like I'm not letting a name like that pass me up and also the last name Stonehouse just like screams elite punter. So uh, he will be a Kansas city chief in the seventh round. Um, okay. I need to uh, pick someone here. I already did another corner. We have three more seventh round picks, by the way, I, I this know is, we do. there's no way they're going to have all three of these picks, but it's, it's fun to do this. Um, Candy Brooks is still there, but I will refrain from taking Candy Brooks. Um, you know, when in doubt in the seventh round, uh, take an Alabama defensive lineman, and we'll go with LeBron Ray. I yep. see him as well. He, he went to Alabama. That is – that's the rationale. <laughs> yeah. Gavin? Um, so, Stonehouse is my pick for this pick. I guess just to make that easy. I'm, I'm, I'm not ser- – I'm dead serious, so. <laughs> oh, God, I got to <laughs> – Wow. Okay, Ryan. Wow, this is like three. There's like ten picks left in the draft. Ryan Stonehouse, Hunter, Colorado State. Everybody, wow me. <laughs> I will wow you. <laughs> All right. So, I kind of like going with a cornerback here as well. Um, I'm trying to look at K- uh, Kalen Barnes out of. It seemed like Baylor just had a very good secondary this year, and. I don't think it'd be a bad idea going with going with that, but I kind of like the the Chamari uh, Connor. I'm trying to look at his numbers here. Oh baby, that was my pick. I must reach for him. He plays a lot of the slot, which they're probably going to need. They're probably hey, going to need a lot of. Went to Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech produces corner. Actually, That's actually, all I only have now. I needed. I only have one OU guy to your two OU guys, so I'm going to take Eric, Eric Swenson. The tackle out of they just need another tackle out of Oklahoma. All right, now I got my second. I got my second offensive, or I got my second Oklahoma guy. I'm I'm happy now. All right, beans. I'm taking a tackle as well for pick two fifty one. I'm taking Jatry Carter. Oh God! University one because his name is funny, and I want you to type it out. Oh gosh! Because um, isn't because people with weird names from small schools end up being good offensive linemen. I like her time. I like her analysis here. Um, when we get down this far in the draft, I'm not a draft expert, so I kind of got to guess. Um, so this dude's name is spelled capital J. Oh, I got it. Capital A T Y R E Carter. Oh, I was pretty close. All right, Gavin, who do you got? I'm going to take a uh, Darian Butler, linebacker from Arizona State. He appears to be a value at this spot in the draft. And the seventh round pick, I'll take an athletic linebacker that can play special teams for me. Yeah, we're going to have to fill a lot of uh, special teams players. Um, ooh, gosh dang. Kalen Barnes is still there. 
I kind of like Trey Sterling out of Oklahoma State. Um, I can't wait for this last pick at 259 here. I'm actually – the 259 pick I'm actually really excited for as well. Um, I feel like the Chiefs are going to go with another tight end. Uh, I know they got Noah Gray last year. Uh, I feel like this is just a practice squad spot or, like you mentioned before, just have somebody uh, place the special teams role. Mm-hmm. Um, let me see if we got a tight ends right now. Austin Stogner is basically it. Stogner and the Tegan uh, – however the hell you say it out of Oregon state. He's a pretty good, he's a good blocker. I've seen a lot of uh, reports on him that he's a pretty good blocker at tight end, which we kind of need. So give me that guy, Oregon state. All right. 259. I'm, I'm excited for this pick for, from everybody. So I'm actually going to take a legitimate pick here. I was going uh. to not, but then I forgot. I didn't give us a running back. So I'm going to go with Tyler Goodson out of Iowa. Nice. That is a good pick. Iowa running back. Yes. Screams good NFL player. All right, Gavin. But uh, I'll tell you guys who I was going to draft. Um, <laughs> um, as soon as <laughs> we're done. I, I just saw my grades. Oh. <laughs> All right, Gavin, who do you got? So, if there's one thing, this is going to be my non-serious pick, but – so I just took Ryan Stonehouse, you know, a couple picks ago. Like, I know exactly. an hour has passed in the real NFL draft. Ryan Stonehouse is at home celebrating with his family because he was sure at this point he was going to be undrafted. And in the moment he's uh, celebrating with his family, a 10-year-old looks up at the television and sees punter Matt Ariata or Eras whatever, from San Diego State, also drafted to the Kansas City Chiefs. The 10-year-old turns to his dad and says, Dad, why is another punter going to Kansas City? The one thing that's better than a normal Ryan Stonehouse is a pissed-off Ryan Stonehouse. And so now <laughs> we get some fucking bombs punted whenever we got to do it because we aren't going to use them anyway. We also forget we have a really good punter right now. <laughs> well, now he's going to be pissed off. That doesn't fit the narrative. <laughs> All right. I'm going to go with a legit pick here. I think the Chiefs are probably going to go with a backup quarterback. I thought about that, too. I did think about that, too, but there was nobody I thought that was worth it there. I'll just get him undrafted. Jack Cohen. I know a lot of people don't like him, but he is a – okay. Dude, hear, that guy's an insurance salesman. That dude's worse <laughs> than Tyler. Hear me out. Hear I me wouldn't out. trust that dude to give me insurance. <laughs> <laughs> Hear me out. That guy no. can check down like a motherfucker. All we need to do... He can check, uh, all we need is a guy that can be mid. That is it. That is it. And all I expect out of a quarterback is to just find somebody to throw it to, and he can do that. I really don't expect EJ Perry or Caleb Ellaby to be here in this situation. But I, I don't care what anybody says. I'll go with Jack Cohen just to ride the bench for the rest of his fucking career. Gross. I don't give a shit. Super gross. But no. So I think that uh pretty much covers up our mock drafts. We can uh save our guys- mock drafts so we can pr- uh, tweet them out and let people know who had the best mock draft, which Chiefs fans like uh the mock their mock draft the most. Um, wait, what was your guys' grade off of PFF? B. Yeah, I got a B as well. I had a B as well. 
my my best pick was Nick Benito in the second round. That was an A plus, and then Brian Osamoa and Smoke Monday were both Fs. <laughs> Gavin, what was your pick? What was your <laughs> uh, punter picks there? Oh, there's C plus and B minuses. They like it. It's passing. <laughs> the simulator loves it. I, I got a B plus for Justin Ross and Boye Mafe and Neil Farrell were all A minuses. Yep. Leo Chanel was actually my worst pick with as a D, <laughs> but my next my next four went A, B plus, A, A minus. So Okay, just just a real quick uh I'm looking at the first round mock draft simulator off of PFF. Sky Moore went to the Bengals. <laughs> Oh, what? <laughs> Why? <laughs> that would be so fucking hilarious. Dude, he's got to. He's got to beat Tyler Boyd and T. Uh, Higgins. We even and... talked about this on the podcast before. Give me one reason why the Bengals would take Sky Moore because we drafted Jamar Chase last year. It worked. <laughs> it's got to work. <laughs> it already worked one time. Oh, that's funny. Nope. That's good. So uh, uh, I, I guess with this Ash Hadry. Um, Gavin, you have a hot take. What is it? Well, do we want to let Beans give us thought-provoking moment of the week first or go yeah, straight? I, wanna, I, I, I thought a lot right there, so give me a break to think. Okay. so <laughs> I do have a thought-provoking moment. Just now, this is going to take a second. So okay. for my hot take of the week, I have brought something that just eats away at my core because it's something that bothers me on a daily basis. It's something we all deal with. And the second I say it, everyone's going to know what I'm talking about. And that is when 100% certainty is used at any point discussing the weather. There is nothing that pisses me off more. And this is particularly important for today because I got up 30 minutes earlier than usual, which whatever on the time. But I set my alarm at a specific point in time so that I could take my dog to the dog park because when I went to bed at... 10 o'clock last night, it said that at 7 o'clock this morning, there was a 100% chance of rain. And the sun was fucking shining on me at (laughs) 7 in the morning when I had my dog at the dog park. These motherfuckers have doctorate degrees. These motherfuckers, some of these guys that are making these decisions have just the same amount of education as the people that we let do open heart surgeries. And, like, rip us open and diagnose us and give us medicine to take care of ourselves. And we just aimlessly take it because that's what the person with an education said. <laughs> Look no further than what these dumbasses, dumbasses, Jesus Christ, can't even say the word, I'm so pissed off, say. Then putting 100% certainty attached to something that they themselves cannot 100% predict. Like, just think about this. If you ask any weatherman, well, there's a lot of variables and our model points that we should get here at about this time. And then they willingly, just on TV, on my phone, whatever the fuck, will put the 100% tag to anything. There is nothing that pisses me off more than when I see a temperature, a rain prediction, whatever. Like, when, when we have snow predictions, it would make me feel better if it said, look, guys, I'm going to be straight up with you. We could have anywhere from zero to, to 36 inches of snow, like anywhere in that range. And That's like, not any useful, though. I'm Okay, but then, like, say that and then just be like, like, most, realistically, we're talking, like, two to two to six. But then, like, just because there's the other thing. Like, what if we get one and a half inches of snow? Like, don't set the baseline at fucking two inches if 
because then we have to get two inches of snow for you to be correct. Like, say zero to six. Just they, they should do, like, a standard normal distribution on, like, the amount of snow. They should. We should just not put people in media positions that are just objectively bad at their jobs and just release false information willy-nilly because they can't be fired and held accountable for their actions. But, God, what a time not to have a weather talk on today. We really missed the ball <laughs> on this one. No, and when Angelica comes on, she can. I hope that you're listening to this, Angelica, and I want you to turn to your boss and tell him that this dude on a podcast I was listening to said, fuck you, so. <laughs> and you can talk about your fucking rice now. I'm pissed well, off. Well, he's going to do a thought-provoking moment. Bean should probably go next. Do you want me to do a thought-provoking moment or a hot take? Which one are you feeling? Your hot take, baby. All right. I do have a provoking moment, too, on the back end. So, okay, my hot take, a lot of people are going to have to pull over. I'm just going to give you a real quick second here to pull over to the side of the road real quick while I say this really fast. Oatmeal raisin cookies are good. It's not a hot take. Oatmeal raisin cookies are delicious. Dude, every fucking time everybody says, oh, where'd you get oatmeal raisin cookie? Fuck it, I'll take it. Nobody's... I understand that, Beans. People just because raisin cookies fucking suck. So, yeah, dude, just because there's a fucking raisin in it doesn't change the value of it. It makes it taste okay. It it tastes good. The ones that are like double chocolate chip cookies, fuck those. Those are way too fucking sweet. Sorry. Well, that's out of line, Beans. No, dude, the double like the (laughs) one that's all chocolate and just like has chocolate chip on it and like drizzled and like. Okay, once you get to the drizzle, I can hear what you're saying. Yeah. It's like it's that's just like overpowering. Like, give me an oatmeal raisin cookie any day of the week. An oatmeal raisin cookie is literally there to ensure that tomorrow I'm gonna have shit coming out of my ass. Nothing more. <laughs> nothing less. Sam, what's yours? Uh, our sponsor today, uh, Ricearoni, uh, cheddar broccoli rice, and shit fucks. That's kind of it. <laughs> shit fucks. All right, Beans, hit us with your thought-provoking moment. <laughs> All right. So, I'm Sorry, Sam, I have nothing more to add on rice. It was delicious. I ate it during the whole first half of the show. You probably could hear me. I could hear it, yeah. <laughs> All right. So I was watching National Geographic like a normal human being, okay? Oh, God, is this another giraffe one? No, it's not. That was when I was driving. That was just oh, completely – we didn't get anyone on here to talk about the giraffe. Like, oh, we shit. To talk about the giraffe. Well, I mean, it turns out no one in Kansas has any fucking idea how a giraffe works. So, <laughs> Well, I don't think we're going to have much idea on this one either. Okay, so we got to find next week we'll have someone to talk about a giraffe. Well, the, we'll the, probably do that next week too. This okay. one has an animal implication on that as well, like, uh, and some history to it as well. Do you think Miss Beery will come on talk about biology? Probably not. That'd be the only thing that made sense. I don't think she's a teacher anymore. Anyways, she's so. Oh, good for her. Anyways, what did we call electric eels before we discovered electricity? Long pause. Okay, cool. Well, I'm, I'm thinking here. Like, like were they just eels? I don't know. Uh, like, how? Like, how did we know that? The, hey, that's an electric eel. Like, not, we didn't know what electricity was. Well, not where, not where to like eels like found right yeah like, surely they were found before like there's gonna they be just... some like like ats me in this because this is gonna seem retarded 
But how the fuck does an electric eel just chill out in water that conducts electricity? I would just like to like throw that out there on my confusion on this thing's like it's an electric eel. It's got this like electric curtain and all this shit, but it's also in water, which just like doesn't make sense at all in my brain. But uh, so, yeah, well, I don't know. Isn't the electric. I, I mean, don't we technically have electrical currents flowing through us? That's fair. Okay, now that's a good point. But yeah. so does that mean I, we so, can at I some point? Can... I, I have a theory, Beans. The, these are my two theories. One, we, we named them that after we discovered electricity and it just became a new name. And that's kind of it. Or two, electric eels are only found in, like, quote-unquote, the new world. Like, you know. And we didn't find them until after we had discovered electricity. See, I have these moments, and I hate to look them up, just because I love the idea of me just sitting here thinking about it for days on end. Mm-hmm. Did you, what, did you figure out what their old name used to be? Hell no, I didn't look it up. Oh, okay, we don't have to look that So I don't know. No, I, I like I like to believe they were just thingies, slithery thingies. Wa- yeah, water snakes, regular eels. Maybe we just all called them eels. Yeah. yeah. Now we now now because of the 21st century, there we had to add the word electric. Uh, to be it. real, we probably give like entirely too high of salaries to people to go out there and look at minuscule differences in animals and tell me that they're actually something different. This is a completely new species or something like that. So yeah, your tax you that category. You're not wrong. Our <laughs> our tax dollars goes to great things. Yeah. Some dude at a zoo in like Wisconsin can tell me that this is actually a different species of electric eels than or like I'm pl- thinking of. Or like plants. I don't I I don't care. <laughs> like That's okay. I was also the guy that was confused green how electric eels. This one has light green leaves. <laughs> <laughs> this one has four leaves. This one has three. I don't give a fuck. Like just it's a it's a plant. It's the same thing to me. It all is the same to me. <laughs> it's all a- right folks i think that's enough uh making fun of people with fake doctorates and trying to figure out how no it's a real doctorate they're just real dumbasses with it there's nothing <laughs> fake about it like we give that education we we give the same credentials to those people we just don't let them cut us open with it we just kind of put them in their own little <laughs> island and let them tell us things and take their work. So is it Dr. Weatherman to them then? Well, like, I looked at, so I Googled this today when I was pissed off about it. And, like, you have to. (laughs) You do the opposite. You do the complete opposite of what I do. (laughs) Well, I was just thinking, because I was like, okay, like, a doctor, like, a doctor has a doctorate. and We, like, trust them with all of these, like, high, uh, like, a medical decision is a big deal, you know. And I was like, there's no way that we require, like, the same education for, uh, meteorologists and so basically meteorologists like are have to get a like masters in science and whatever so they just have to be master ed- educated um a lot of them get their doctorates so that's where i really attacked uh, like who i was really attacking because obviously you don't learn that a hundred percent when it's not a hundred percent until you're a doctor that's um that's not a master's level decision for people to make apparently um so yeah, I've just I'm just genuinely pissed off that these people that have such a high education can get on their post on my fucking AccuWeather app that there's a 100% chance of rain at any specific time. This man's fucking pissed. <laughs> and with that, let's get some final words in, Gavin. Um I'll go I got to think of one here. I don't know. Just, let's get a 
let's get Baker Mayfield a spot to prove that he's a better quarterback than he's got credit for in the last couple of years. I do genuinely feel bad for Baker. I appreciate the competitor that Baker is. Um, like there's a lot of things that Joe Burrow gets credit for because he's winning. That is just like what's used against Baker Mayfield now that he's losing. And I don't think that that's fair for Baker. I don't think Baker's as bad as he's shown last year. So I really do hope he gets eight games and just balls out over this next season. Beans? Uh, Gavin, this is my parting word. Gavin, I'm going to get my doctorate in uh, water studies. Well, as long as you tell me that you're 98% sure that this water is water, I don't give a shit. (laughs) That's all I had. And for me, I want to thank Rice Roney for fake sponsoring us today. Cheddar Broccoli is delicious. Please sponsor us. We want to sell out to you. And with that, gonna... that's our show today, folks. We really appreciate you sitting through Rice Talk, No Weather Talk, and a whole mock draft from three different idiots. We'll be back next week to talk some more round ball, some more NFL, and hopefully we'll have a sponsor this time. Please sponsor us. We'll say anything. <laughs> and we aren't getting sponsored by the Weather Channel now, so. Yeah, Gavin burned that bridge. It's okay. Like, so subscribe. That- Yep, like, subscribe, share the pod, and we'll see you back next week, you fly fam. See ya. Later, boys.